Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello, everybody. I'm David Temple, and you can see, for those watching at home, we are in The Thriller Zone. I think I have the entire set, i.e. my office, <laughs> decorated with logos, including the t-shirt. And yes, to answer the question that you're thinking, Dave, are you going to offer the t-shirts so that we could wear them proudly and share the Thriller Zone love? I'm so glad you asked. Yes, we are. Coming soon to the Thriller Zone, our own shop. Also want to tell you that on today's show, I don't have a book, which you're going to hear about in the show, um, because Bobby Matthews still has it in process, as my Canadian friends would say. But it is coming, and I'm very excited about it. It's a fun book. It's a fun read. Why don't I shut up, and we'll just get on into the Thriller Zone, because Bobby's waiting in the green room. Bobby? Good morning. And a good morning to you, Mr. Bobby. Uh, how's life treating you over in California? Uh, pretty spectacularly. Nice. How about you? Uh, it's a rainy day here in Birmingham, in lovely Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, we're doing well. Excellent. I don't remember the last time I have been in Alabama. Let's see. Last time I was even closer to that was Atlanta. Okay. So I live uh, in, a, in a suburb of Birmingham that might as well be Birmingham proper. I grew up in a small town in southeast Alabama, about 90 miles north of Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh. In a town that has the only monument in the world to a bug. <laughs> Enterprise Alabama has the Bull Weevil Monument. Oh. strange but true right yeah oh now that, see that's the way i like to start off a show first of all welcome to the thriller zone bobby matthews appreciate it thank you uh before we get to your novel uh living the gimmick and by the way thank you for sending this oh i feel so bad that we did not have an official uh document you know like a like a i mean you i work with a small press yeah i get it shotgun honey right so sometimes that's right. And they are a fantastic small press, but like with any press, sometimes things fall behind. You know what? It's all good. I can still read it's on paper so I can read it. I'm just one of those guys that I, I tend to steer away from uh, eBooks only because it's on an iPad. So it gets lost. But if I've got a stack in front of me, mm -hmm. I know exactly where I'm going. Fantastic. The, yeah. uh, and hey, the official copy will be will be wending its way to you once we hit the uh, publication date. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you sign it too if you have access to it. If you don't, it's okay. Absolutely. Oh, I absolutely will. Okay. And that is May twenty seventh. Mm -hmm. I've got it on my calendar. We're going to be uh, raising a sweet tea to you on the twenty seventh. I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's do this so we can get to know you, the, the, the craftsman behind the craft. I'd love to know what you do for your day job and two part question. How, what is it? And how does that influence your passion of writing? So, uh, my day job is I am a, the sports editor for the Trustville Tribune in suburban, uh, Birmingham. I cover, 
eight different high school sports, uh, like uh, eight different high schools, all the sports there. Okay. So uh, I am on the run pretty much from the time that I get up in the morning. Um, it is, uh, and, and I guess the way that it, it influences my writing is I write really cleanly uh, because yeah. I'm writing for publication every day. So you're not going to see a ton of, like you have the uncorrected proof. I don't think there are a ton of, I mean, I know there are some because it's uncorrected, but uh, you know, I, I, that's first draft stuff. That is, that's yeah. the draft that I turned in. Yeah. So that's how, uh, that's how journalism has helped me. Well, I got to tell you, if I can interrupt you, uh, uh, I might have seen two typos in the whole thing. And, and, and to your point of clean, I, that's what I liked about it. Your, your writing is minimalistic. And I mean that in a complimentary fashion, because you don't weigh it down with a whole lot of description and a whole lot of backstory. You pepper it with backstory, which is great. Mm -hmm. You also introduced me to the world of wrestling, or as I grew up calling it, wrestling, um, which I, you know, I watched it on TV as a kid. And, you know, <laughs> you'd grab some popcorn and just watch these guys jump all around the rinks. But if you don't, if you haven't read about it before, the world is, you don't know anything about the world. You just think it's all gimmicks. So kudos. It, it was a fun ride. Thank you. It's a, uh, you know, and, and I, I really specifically wanted living the gimmick to be kind of uh, reminiscent of, I guess, uh, Donald, Donald Westlake in his Richard Stark persona. Yeah. I wanted everything to be lean and stripped down and, you know, you get, you get what you need and let your own imagination fill in the rest. You know, um, I also got a little taste of it. I don't, I don't know if this is compliment. I think it's, it's a compliment to you who I'm going to get ready to reference, but, and I do this only because for readers who don't know Bobby yet, they, if I said, Hey, there's a little influence of Elmore Leonard, you'd go, Oh, okay. I want to, I want to get me some of that. And the reason I say that is for this very thing, there's this sparse writing that lets the characters uh, it's very character driven so it really lets the character shine I, I will absolutely take that as a compliment um you can if you can see on the, on my shelves back there so i have on my built-ins i have my authors listed in uh in the order of my favorite authors my mount rushmore uh donald westlake is at the top okay and right underneath right there we start with uh La Brava, Cat Chaser, and Split Images by Elmore Leonard. And we're, just, we're being visited by my cat. And I, you know, <laughs> uh, she'll be up there for a minute. She probably thinks I'm having dinner. I'm at, actually at the kitchen table. Who's the <laughs> puss? Who, who is the puss there behind uh, you? That is uh, CJ. That is Calamity Jane. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> and, and while we're still on the bookcase, is that a Smith Corona? That is. Yeah. Um, that is a Smith Corona Sterling. Um, that is one of my, uh, I have a small typewriter collection. I have a 1948 uh, Royal Quiet Deluxe. Oh, like yeah. Hemingway's preferred brand. Uh, hang on one second. I want to show you something. Sure. Yeah, I've never done this on the show before, but when you said Royal Quiet. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. That Look at is that. absolutely gorgeous. This is a this is my mom's royal quiet, and I'll tell you what, it's about as clean. And I, I wish I knew the year of it. How? What, what was yours year? Forty eight. Uh, Nineteen forty eight. There's actually a um, 
a registry of typewriters. Uh huh. And you can find what year that typewriter was made. Dude, I'm learning something here. Uh, the Quiet Deluxe is actually uh, handed down now to my 11 year old son who is uh, attempting to write uh, his first stories, which that, is really cool. That has got to be cool. Yeah. It's a blast. Well, back to living the gimmick. Now, I love this. I, I've become a big fan of S.A. Cosby. Uh, I think he's probably becoming one of the most prolific blurb writers of uh, guys out there. He wrote you on a wild and surreal trip through the subculture of old school pro wrestling. Now, give me a good backstory of what living the gimmick is all about. So I don't ruin anything and, and you get to do it in the author's voice. So essentially living the gimmick poses the question, what happens if the most famous professional wrestler in the world is murdered in a fairly public way, and his best friend has to navigate the current world of sports entertainment in order to find the killer. Yeah, very so, well put. You know, that's that's like my my two minute or, or less than two minute elevator pitch for for it, right? The the book is kind of partially a premise and a love letter to uh, old school Southern territory wrestling. Yeah. Um, if you know who Ric Flair is. Oh yeah. You're probably going to see some folks in that book who might remind you of him. Hmm. Uh, if you, if you know who his best friend was a guy named Arn Anderson, okay. somebody, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna see some people in there who will remind you. And this is one of the reasons that I, I left some of the descriptions very vague Yeah, because, you know, I don't want to say that anybody is based on anybody because they're not like Ric Flair is uh, a legend in the pro wrestling business However, he's not the first uh, blonde bomber. You know, you go all the way back to like uh, gorgeous George to the uh, the crazy Graham family uh, in New York. You go through superstar Billy Graham. You go, you know, uh, through all of these people. I'll be honest with you. I took uh, the Ray Wilder character's name. The reason he is named Ray is after uh, the guy who was considered the best professional wrestler in the world. Uh, before Ric Flair, this guy named Ray Stevens. Okay. So who uh, who was actually uh, a legend out there in California, made his name in San Francisco. This is Deep Cuts with Bobby Matthews. I'm sorry. Deep, deep uh, Cuts. <laughs> you know, it's, you just made me think of something, and I've got to ask you before we move on, and, I, and this is one of the things I love about these characters, is they have such cool names. If you were a pro wrestler, what would your name be? Come on, I know you got one. <laughs> Um, you know, I would probably, and I would completely be stealing, uh, from the guy who I consider the greatest of all time, greatest performer of all time. It would probably be Bobby the brain, but after Bobby the brain Heenan. So, especially <laughs> because I like to dig into weird old stuff and learn, you know, like the Wikipedia rabbit hole is my enemy because I can spend hours and hours finding out stuff that I didn't know. <laughs> Isn't that a funny thing about Wiki is you do, if you, if you stand at the precipice, it won't be long before you fall in and spend a good many hours there. Right. As, as if somebody pushed you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so um, it, it's, it is one of those things where I don't like to do research, but apparently I like, I mean, I, I like to read. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, I go for, and I go from one thing to the next. I'm, I had someone ask me what I'm going to do next 
after these two books with Shotgun Honey. Uh And I said, I have no idea. I'm unreliable. I just kind of chase around, chase around after whatever interests me. And when you say two, are you talking about that one? And are you talking about Prodigal? Uh, No, actually. um, So Prodigal is a, a novel of mine from 2010. But I'm talking about, uh, we actually just got the release date yesterday, February 24th, 2023. Uh, my second book from Shotgun Honey comes out, and that is uh, Magic City Blues, which oh, is- Oh, this is a Birmingham. noir romance or something? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is set in Birmingham. Okay. And it is uh, a really, what it is, is an homage to Robert B. Parker. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because if I had not, begun reading Robert B. Parker, I don't know that I would have ever approached crime fiction. Um, Why is that? You, just because your passion, just you love the way the his craft was. Uh, I, I love the way he, like, I don't know that there has ever been a smoother writer. Yeah. You know, um, and a guy who, who just had an incredible ear for dialogue. Yeah. Um, and, and we can say this, uh, you know, not, I'm not speaking ill of the dead at all, but you know, his later books, uh, there was some decline. Well, how many did he have? Let's talk about that a quick second. 60, 70, you know. Okay. So when you say ladder, you probably mean inside the last 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you've done 50, you've really hauled some ass. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's super prolific. He's actually on the uh, on the Mount Rushmore back there. He's, well, he's of course gotten, he. gotten knocked down a little bit by Westlake and Elmore Leonard and Lawrence Block. But uh, I mean, Parker was my gateway. Uh, I, I, I can tell you that I loved, uh, Spencer for hire growing up, right. The TV show <laughs> who didn't. Right. Um, and, uh, if you know, James DF Hanna, uh, at all, uh, nope. he and I have a, he, he's a Seamus award-winning author of the Henry Malone series. He and I have a, uh, a disagreement about Barbara stock from, uh, from the show. I, I, I actually, uh, didn't see the attraction for Barbara stock, but I was also younger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me uh, back up a second because you mentioned one of my favorite authors who's there on your Mount Rushmore, uh, okay. and that is Lawrence Block. Are you more of a Scudder or Rodenbar fan? A Scudder, probably. Yeah. But um, did you like Rodenbar's humor, though? Oh, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, and it, it works, and it gives such a great, uh, a great counterpoint to the very noir uh, Scudder series, right? Yeah. But I will, I will do you one better. I like, I love the Martin Ehrengraf stories. So these are, these are stories about an, an attorney who goes, uh, <clears throat> let's say above and beyond for his uh, client's needs. And they're all just short stories. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, Lawrence Block put out a collection of these stories because I'm a completist. I got the, I got the volume and uh, someone needs to make a Netflix story or a Netflix show about, uh, about these stories. Well, uh, you, you got, you've got good company there over your shoulder, but I didn't tell you that. Yeah. Uh, and, and you may be this way, uh, when I want to remind myself what I'm going for, Yeah. what I'm, what I'm reaching for, what I'm striving for. Yep. One, one of those four comes off the shelf and I spend some time in, in some of those pages. And are you like me? Are, I can go over there and pick one up and just open it in the middle, nothing specific, and just spend a few minutes getting the rhythm of the scene and that rhythm of the dialogue and go, okay, good. Not that I'm going to steal it. it it's it's a, like a little jump start. 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're just bouncing on that kickstart and it, it'll, it'll be that thing that just kind of launches you into what you're going to do next. Absolutely. That is, that is 100%. Uh, one of the things that I do, like if I get lost in what I'm writing, it recenters me. Um, and, and I will also say that I reread, um, early autumn by Robert B. Parker, probably every couple of years. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is, a. Uh, to me, that's that's his best uh, Spencer novel. Um, All Our Yesterdays is probably his best actual novel. But um, I will go back and I will read Early Autumn every now and then. Uh, like my dad did. My dad was a serial rereader of uh, Louis L'Amour's To the Far Blue Mountains. Like my dad's favorite book. Um, you catch him with it every couple of years, just, you know. All right, dad. How many times have you read that? 12, 13? You know? <laughs> But, you know, uh, to borrow that same kind of analogy, not to make it about me, but because it's your show, but uh, it's like this. uh, Recently, we were talking about the uh, Academy Awards and, you know, we got to see De Niro and Pacino stand up and at that uh, with Scorsese. And so we went back as soon as we I think that same weekend and pulled out The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And we watched that and we said, well, we got to do Godfather too. So we watched that. And it's the same kind of thing with books. You, a really good book, like a really good movie or TV show that is so well crafted that you can't help but discover just a tiny little thing new each time. And if you can do that, you're still appreciating all the minutia of detail, but you can still find just one little thing new and it pulls you in. That to me, is a master craftsman. Absolutely. I think of the Richard Stark novels when you start off with The Hunter, right? Yeah. I open that book and I'm I get lost in it and one of the reasons I get lost into in it is because it is a piece of craftsmanship. It's like a it's like a Rolex watch. Yeah. Everything moves seamlessly. Yeah. And it's a book that should not work as the start of a series. Westlake doesn't give you anything to hold on to yeah. with Parker. He didn't give him a redeeming quality other than he's been wronged. And you want to see how, it, you know, whether or not uh, it comes, you know, how he either gets away with it or, or whether or not he gets killed, you know, <laughs> and stopped. But you know what? Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, sometimes I want to go into on a rare occasion, I will pick up a book Bobby, it could literally be the cover and it'll just get grab my attention. I'll pick it up and buy it and, and start reading it. I won't even read the blurb, which is that's not that's a rarity. But sometimes I just go, I want to discover something brand new I have no idea about. And so yeah, that's always I fun. totally get that. Um there are there are writers for me who are an immediate buy, you know. Um and I'm not saying that I'm suspicious of the of the later Westlakes that have come out since his death. However, the Westlake name on a book is is an immediate buy for me. And then sometimes I go, anybody seeing anything different here in this book yeah. than the others? You know, yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I want to do. Eventually, I am going to uh, send an email to the Westlake family estate and see if there's any interest in doing a continuation of the Parker series. Yes, and you'll be the guy. Oh. Uh, Cross your fingers. <laughs> hey, can we talk, since we're talking about a lot of different things and, and a lot of different books, 
and I want to talk about some of your articles. I want to know about Prodigal because I saw this on your website, and it's about a southern. It's a southern fried thriller about a failed rock star. That right there, that's a great elevator pitch. Tell me, can you tell me the story behind that? Because I'm just dang sure. curious. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Prodigal is what I call my failed novel. Um, it it was it was written before I knew anything, and thought that I knew a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you ever go through that? Oh, sure. Um, essentially, Prodigal is uh, the story of a guy who is a just a, a rock star from a small town in South Alabama uh, who goes out and makes his uh, fame and fortune in California, um, gets into an incredibly bad car accident, use, loses the use of his left arm. It's very hard to play guitar if you have lost the use of your left arm. Just going to say that. So he uh, he returns uh, to his small hometown and begins a romance with his first love, who happens to be married to his police officer brother. Okay. And that's when things get exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what's the story? What's the magic of a good story conflict? You just got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and since we're we're going to cover it all. So Magic City Blues comes out in February of 23. Mm-hmm. And can you give me, I know you, you told, you got me a little tease, but give me a little bit more. Cause I'm, I want to okay. know what's, what's coming. So, uh, magic city blues, it follows a low level, uh, leg breaker who is hired to protect the, uh, daughter of a crime figure in Birmingham. Her fiance is murdered. She ends up disappearing. The thug has to work with a, uh, Birmingham cop to f- figure out where the girl is. And along the way, they unravel a land swindle uh, involving uh, a very real uh, Caraway Hospital property, which is a huge uh, hospital in North Birmingham, which has set idle for about 15 years now. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's a complete boondoggle with everyone who ever buys it immediately uh, trying to sell it because of certain, you know, because of of the way the property is. I kind of got the idea from the way that Parker used uh, Boston. Okay. Used Boston almost as a character in many ways, like uh, kind of like Lahane uses the uh, suburbs of Boston. One last question We're, before we, we get down to our rapid fire questions. I got a, a fun one for you today, Okay. Uh, but two more things I want to cover. I was looking at your website and there was this a section called the, the dirty South. And that got my attention because I'm from the dirty South. And I'm wondering, can, this is a, an anthology. Now I'm, I'm, I apologize for not being more prepared at this particular point, but is this something that yet to come? It is in the process and is yet to come. Okay. So I pitched a charity anthology to benefit the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and I pitched that anthology to Down and Out Books, uh, brought on a co-editor named uh, Raquel Reyes. And if you know Raquel or if you by reputation or if you know her, uh, she's a tremendous writer, a tremendous eye for talent. Um, she just won a uh, best humorous mystery at uh, left coast crime this past weekend. Oh yeah. Oh, she, I did see this. Okay. She, she's also been chosen for best American mystery stories. I basically, I brought on a co-editor whose coattails I could just ride. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, um, we are putting this together for publication in the second quarter of 2023. The dirty South is exactly what it sounds like. It's, uh, High crimes and low lives below the Mason-Dixon line. 
what we're looking for is stories that are out of the ordinary, stories that push the the viewpoint of what might be considered other uh, in Southern fiction. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say we have a lot of white Southern fiction, right? Yes. We have a lot of white, straight Southern fiction. My interest is not so much in the white, straight Southern fiction. For this anthology, I want to hear from marginalized voices. I, you know, Raquel and I have talked about this and we're on the same page with it. Um, we want marginalized voices, people of color, we want people who are trans, people who are identify as LGBT, you know, somewhere uh, in, in that alphabet. <laughs> um, and what, what we want is for them to give us their takes on a crime story in the South that also tackles the South's past, its present, and what it could potentially be in the future. So your average bear, like I couldn't, I could, you're saying that I couldn't get into that, for instance, or is it, is it, you have a preference for one thing? You do not have to be from the South, but you have to convince us through, through the work mm -hmm. that you know the region, mm -hmm. you know, um, you can't just have seen Justified, <laughs> you know, or you can't, you know right. what I mean? Right. You, you can't just go, oh, I watched, you know, all, every episode of Ozark three times, yeah. Yeah. you know? We are looking for some gritty, smart fiction that elevates voices that are not necessarily always heard. Love it. Okay. That that says it right there. Remember that line, your elevator pitches. We're going to turn the screws on that. Excellent. And that is coming up next year, you said. So you can get in. If you get into it now and submit, uh, open submissions will run from June 1 to July 31. Is that right? That is right. Look, I'm not going to tell you that there aren't going to be some white guys in there, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I got it. Because, look, if you can write, like, I want, I want the good story, but I want to make sure that we're not just telling the same type of story that you could get anywhere. Okay. Otherwise, what's the point? And let me ask you this. What's the length re requirement? And I hope this is interesting to my listeners. I think it's, I find it very interesting. So that's why I'm asking these questions. Absolutely. Um, so 5,000 words is a hard limit. Uh, I've already had people ask me if we're taking poetry and creative nonfiction and we are not. And dude, it's your, it's your, it's your gig. You get to, you, you know? get to make the rules. Absolutely. All right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> listen, I'm working on a new manuscript now that, uh, has to do with one of the subtexts is don't tell me what to do. It's about rules and ignoring them because I think, you know, when you're, when you grow up as a PK, you're told you're, you're fit in a box, you're put in a box and you kept in that box metaphorically to live a certain way and to believe a certain way and don't ask questions. So when you grow up that way, you tend to kind of bust out pretty much for the rest of your life. Absolutely. That's Listen, I, I, you were a PK. I was going, I, when I first went to college, I was planning on being a youth minister. Mm, God bless you. Before we get to rapid fire questions, I want to ask you, as I ask all of my uh, guests, what is, if you had to boil it down and then don't, don't hurt yourself. Best piece of writing advice, best piece of advice, either it has been given to you and you go, man, that's my mantra. Or if you were going to teach a class and they were going to all these eager faces looking up at you, uh, Mr. Bobby, and they're thinking, come on, give me that best piece of advice. What would it be? I have two, actually, I have two, if that's OK. Bring it. Um, so the first is there's no substitute for ass in chair. Yep. I mean, there just is is not a substitute for ass in chair. If you 
make that commitment to being somewhere at the same time in the same place every day for the same amount of time and not doing anything else, you're going to get words on a page. They may not be great at first blush, but that's what a a first draft is for, right? So the second, uh, the old uh, Frank Norris line, which is, what do I care for their opinions? I told them the truth. I never, I never chuckled. I told them the truth. Write your book. Don't apologize for it. Yeah. Write, write what you write. If you write cozy, if you write crime, if you write romance, whatever you write, write it, write it to the best of your ability and go on. You don't owe anybody an explanation. You don't owe an answer to someone going, when are you going to write something serious? (laughs) Which is always someone asking, when are you going to write something I like? (laughs) You know what I say to those people? And it's a family show, so I'm going to give you that version. Mm-hmm. Go to another store. Yep. Go reach reach up to another shelf. Have yourself exactly. a nice day. Well, Bobby, as we start to wrap it up here, uh, this is what rapid fire questions actually was originally meant to do, which is I'm going to do with you for the first time on the show. I've done rapid fire questions as I told, and I told this to Louise Candlish and she laughed and laughed and laughed. I'm like, Louise, don't get upset. It's not actually rapid. You can take your time, but this one is different. I'm going to put you on the spot. So All right. cornbread or biscuits, uh, biscuits, green beans or collard greens. Mm, depends on who's cooking the collard greens, but usually green beans. Fried chicken or meatloaf? Fried chicken. Sweet tea or lemonade? Sweet tea. (laughs) Of course. NASCAR or drag racing? Ooh, uh, drag racing. If I wanted to watch somebody turn left, I could go up to uh, U.S. Highway 280 here in Birmingham. (laughs) Flip-flops or barefoot? Flip-flops. Now we're talking food. County fair or church picnic? County fair, all day. Writing in quiet or loud coffee shop? Uh, either one. I, I worked in the Nope, got to be one. Uh, okay, loud coffee shop. Got it. Pen and paper or keyboard? Keyboard. And last but not least, if you could write anything other than what you do now, what would it be? Uh, First thing that pops in your head. Uh, Southern Gothic novel. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, big round. You actually did it, dude. Bam, (laughs) bam. You put the bam and bama. (laughs) Roll tight on that. Yeah, Um, and speaking of which, folks, who if you want to know more about my Bobby here, it's BamaWriter.com, as in Alabama, or follow him on Twitter at the same, at BamaWriter. That's correct. Hey, can can I plug a couple of people real quick as long as we're here? Absolutely. Please do. If you don't mind. No. Um, I put you on the spot and I'm sorry. I probably should have done that off camera, but uh, I want, I wanted to, you know, we talked r- very briefly about uh, Sean Cosby blurbing, uh, living the gimmick. I just want to give him a shout out. Sean is writing it at such a, uh, at such a high level and writing uh, important stuff as well. I mean, this is a guy who, has shouldered his way to the front of American letters and as making no apologies about it. Tremendous, tremendous talent. Uh, and also behind that talent, just a heck of a person as well. A great guy. That's what I hear. 
I want to shout out to my buddies, uh, JB Stevens, um, <laughs> who is a tremendous writer. And, uh, you know, JB is that guy. He's like a, do you follow baseball? Yeah. All right. He's like, he's the five, he's the five tool player. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got everything in the toolbox. Right. Yep. Yep. He can, he can hit you in the guts with something really, really good. He can write a, uh, you know, something really poignant. He can write some great humor and he can write great crime. And for, uh, one other thing, Mark Westmoreland, who I think you, you have interviewed as well. Oh yeah. Uh, I love Mark to death. Mark is a little brother. I never wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark is going places. Uh, jail is a place. So it's <laughs> no, uh, I pick on Mark because he's, he really is a close friend, but I really want to shout out him. I think he wrote what I consider uh, the indie novel of 2021 uh, with a violent gospel. And I think that he's just scratching the surface of what he can do. These folks are all tremendous. Um, and if you haven't met him yet, or if you haven't read him yet, I would also include William Soldan or Solden. Okay. Uh, in that as well. Uh, he may be the best line for line writer, not signed to a big five house. That is mighty handsome accolades. Well, I will say in reverse order, don't know William, but I'd love to, I will research him. Mark has become a good pal. We are what we'd call uh, texting pals. We just check in every couple of days. He has big, nice things to say about you. Oh, JB Stevens was um, on recently and his uh, compilation of short stories is pretty darn magnificent and he's a heck of a guy and uh sean uh, uh cosby is the only one that i have yet to meet and i have placed enough hints around the neighborhood to try to get him on the show but i think he's too busy for me so if you winky winky if you know if <laughs> we maybe i can work him into the schedule we can i can he can work me into his schedule this there you year. go right yeah i mean sean sean is uh and he told me that I don't, I don't think this was in confidence, but I think, uh, I don't So I don't think I'm telling tales. Uh, he has been incredibly busy. He actually told me that living the gimmick is going to be the last thing that he blurbs for a while. Oh, he is so busy. Well, a uh, little golf clap to all your friends. And, uh, like I said, uh, several have been on some have yet, we will try to make that happen. But you, Bobby Matthews, we have been talking about this. Well, JB teed us up uh, how many months ago? I mean, oh gosh, months. I think probably in, in December or January. December, January. And your book doesn't drop for another month, uh, almost a month to the day. And then, uh, so, yeah, I just very grateful for you to stop by the Thriller Zone. and Thank you. You do such an incredible job. You were always prepared. I loved, uh, I, I specifically want to shout out that, I loved your interview with uh, Nick Kolakowski, who's also a good friend. Yeah. Uh, Nick is a tremendous writer. And uh, and also uh, Ted Flanagan. Oh, so. dude, I was going to say, uh, <clears throat> Kolakowski can write his socks off. And Ted Flanagan, and I, I must have said this to him, and I've, I've glowed about him uh, uh, way too much. You're going to think I got some kind of a man crush on that boy. <laughs> but that, for a debut novel, that is Probably there's two debut novels that have stuck in my mind as being uh, two of the best. It would be his and it would be, uh, which is Every Hidden Thing. Mm -hmm. And the other would be um, oh, A Fire in the Night. Ooh. Christopher Swan. Chris, Chris is uh, a fantastic writer. 
He is so good. Wow. He's the guy. I think I said this to him. He's the kind of guy that when I finished that book, I went, okay, I got to go get a little schooling to brush up so I can catch up to him. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Great big old love fest here on the Thriller Zone, folks. I got to scoot. Thank you for your time. I know you got plenty of games you got to go cover. <laughs> hey, thank you again. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You take care. Thanks again for the Thriller Zone. And everybody, you know where to go, BamaWriter.com. Thanks again. See ya. Thank you, Bobby. It was great fun. Before I share with you who's on the show this Thursday, I want to say thank you. Hallelujah. We should... I should have like confetti and balloons dropping. We finally hit 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So very soon we'll be changing that to the Thriller Zone instead of David Temple Authors. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can always still show your Thriller Zone love by going by any one of your podcast channels, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., and give us a five-star review. Now, next Thursday, this Thursday... If I was going to tell you that uh, Mark Cameron's books are riveting page turners, would you agree? And this one, Cold Snap, is no different. Mark Cameron does this crazy cat, Arliss Cutter, and uh, there's a lot of Mark Cameron fans on that watch this show. So I know you're going to be completely stoked to see him as he talks about cold snap i will admit i have not gotten into it yet but i will have it devoured by the time we get there so that is this thursday once again thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the thriller zone i'm your host david temple i'll see you next time There was a time I built my own websites. <laughs> I was pretty good at it, but it took a lot of time and a lot of energy, and it was not without challenges. I mean, I built them on Squarespace and TypePad and WordPress and GoDaddy and Wix, but in the end, it was kind of more hassle than it was worth. And then, then when it came time to get hacked, I, I, I just had it. Then, on top of this, when I decided to become a full-time writer, and I, I said, you know, I need a website that shows who I am and does it well, and I don't have to worry about it, and they take care of everything, including getting hacked, which has never happened, ever. I researched some of the biggest guys in the industry. A lot of those names you know. I wanted to play with the big boys, too. So you know what I did? I found the company AuthorBytes.com. AuthorBytes.com takes care of everything 24-7. It has been delightful. And fortunately, to help pay for the show, they've become a sponsor. They did it last month. They liked the results so well, they're coming back for another round. And I'm pretty excited about it. If you will use the code THETHRILLERZONE, they will simply give you three months free with a one-year contract. What? Yes, there is still free in the world. Sign up for a one-year contract. Get three months free using the code THETHRILLERZONE. And do like I did. Let the professionals handle it. Slide the keyboard away. Forget about the software and the updates and the plugins and all that craziness. Let the professionals do it. Have peace of mind. AuthorBytes.com
The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.